It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is June 19th. It is Juneteenth. It is Father's Day. And uh, I am here with Brian for episode 211 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, my friend, hate to interrupt whatever you're doing there, but how the hell are you this evening? Doing great, Ron. You know, uh, you know, once again, as you can tell by the background, I am not I have not been allowed back into uh, my apartment in uh, Queens. Um, uh, I was allowed, um, you know, as we, we discussed last week, there was a rash of um, pardon the pun. Um, there was a uh, just a, a, an outbreak of monkeypox in my apartment building, so they um, uh, so everybody had to leave. Um, they uh, we you know we were allowed to go back into our apartments to to gather some of our personal effects. I was able to uh, grab something that meant a lot to me. Um, it'll be making an appearance later on in the show. When you when you see it, you'll recognize it. Um, but everything is uh, everything is, is is very good. So I hear uh, WHO is considering your your apartment building uh, ground zero for monkeypox in the United States. Is is that true? Well, what's what 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 seems to be the most concerning is just the fact that we started off, you know, with one case. We started off with the one case. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know it, it spread like wildfire. The current operating theory that the WHO has is that the, um, the building uh, laundry room where uh, people do their laundry, that is where um, um, somebody had brought some clothes that had the virus on them. Um, instead of using hot water to wash their clothes, they use cold. Um, mm-hmm. The virus was still alive. It spread rapidly. That's, that's, that, that is their current working theory we are, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm visited by a representative of the CDC um, on a daily basis. Um, I am uh, uh, forced to get naked in front of them. They look at my body for um, uh, monkeypox sores, uh, those little, uh, what do they call those little postulals of pus? Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, apparently, for whatever reason, the uh, um, the old man that they sent, he's, you know, about 70, talking about retiring. Um, he spends a lot of time looking for the monkey pox between my butt cheeks. I'm not sure um, why he thinks that that's the area where the monkey pox most likely um, will uh, will appear on my body. Now, just not to, not to interrupt you, but do you does this gentleman show you CDC credentials uh, before you let him in? I've never asked for them. I'm okay. sure. I'm sure he has them. If I were to ask, I mean, he said he was from the CDC. Why would somebody lie? You're right. When you're right, you're right. What I don't understand is why he keeps licking his fingers afterwards. That's that part is a little just strange to me. Um, I mean, I, I think that is. Uh, I think that's just you know SOP, standard operating procedure. I'm not a doctor, but I'm I'm pretty sure of that. I could be wrong. Again, I could be wrong. I'm not sure he is either. Ron, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing good. It was a beautiful weekend here in the Northeast. 
Weather-wise, it was very relaxing, very peaceful. Uh, and I'm ready to uh, kick back, relax, and uh, enjoy a drink with you, my friend. Let's do it. All right. It's Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Button that neckline up there. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. All right, Brian, what are you drinking on this uh, calm, crisp, beautiful? Ooh, the McAllen 12. You are great. That must have been what you went back to the apartment for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They let me, they gave me 30 seconds to, uh, you know, uh, collect my personal uh, effects. Um, you know, uh, other people in the building went for, uh, you know, uh, uh, family heirlooms. Uh, I saw some people with, uh, uh, photographs. Um, one woman went in there and grabbed her dog. Didn't look like it was doing very well. Um, the dog seemed a little emaciated. Um, uh, and then it was emancipated <laughs> and then they, um, uh, proclamated and, uh, I grabbed my, McAllen 12, which I will be drinking tonight. First off, just look at this. Look at the beauty. The body of of this. It's it's a great uh, looking drink. Ice cube in there, of course. I put an ice cube. It's happy time. It's Brian's happy time when he gets. Oh, we're going to get we're going to get so sloppy during after dark. Nice. Mm. I look forward to it, my friend. I I may expose myself. All right. Um, All right. You know what we can do, in all honesty, and we'll do this during After Dark if if, if you're interested. Um, and it's only for the Patreon, so yes. we'll talk about that. We'll 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 talk about one of the reasons. But um, if you want, I can um, recreate the WHO representative uh, coming to um, check my body for the monkeypox, so you can right. see exactly what he's what he's. I will show you what he's looking at. Um, I think we do I'll, I'll take all my clothes off. But I'll keep the neckline. So I'll yeah. cut the shirt right around here to keep the tight neckline. It's a tight neckline. But otherwise, it's all, um, it's all. what do you call it? I will show. So right. we'll do that during After Dark. Ron? I look forward to it. Yes. What are you drinking? Uh, so, Brian, I think last week I may have mentioned that we went to the Great Chefs event for Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. Absolutely. Uh, great event and uh, and I don't know if I've mentioned this Brian you really need to get there one of these years you need to buy a ticket you need to come down you yeah. need to attend the event so well, anyway. the first step the first step is that I have to um, buy a ticket exactly Exactly. Cough up the money for charity. Uh, But they did have a silent auction. And as can happen when you are drinking, uh, you make ridiculously ridiculous purchases in the silent auction. So we got this big oversized cooler that we don't need. And we got uh, eight, uh, no, excuse me, 12 boxes of this stuff uh, called Crook and Marker. It's a, a super grain alcohol, apparently. We got three different flavors, uh, 96 cans in total between the three flavors. We got a- How many cans? Lime, a 96 cans of alcohol. Uh, so we got uh, lime margarita. We got a blackberry lime mojito. And then this one that I'm drinking tonight, which is a grapefruit lime paloma. Um, You love the Palomas. I do love the Paloma. This is made with organic blue agave tequila, uh, which they then add real lime juice and their organic super grain alcohol, which is carefully crafted with organic ingredients, including quinoa 
amaranth, millet, and cassava root. It's a modern twist on ancient grains, Brian. Uh, ancient grains, excuse me, not ancient brains. Uh, just 100 calories a can with zero sugar and one carb. Perfect when you're trying to keep your swimsuit body for Hot Podcaster Summer. Hot Podcaster Summer. Mm. Uh, so there it is. It's got a little pinkish hue to it from the uh, from the grapefruit. So again, this is grapefruit lime paloma. And that does seem like a perfect drink for Hot Podcaster Summer. Hot Podcaster Summer. Mm. Um, let me get another sip here. You're allowed. I encourage it. Um, walk me through. What is? What are the? What do you? What, what are the flavors? What are you tasting? What are you experiencing? So I'm, I'm definitely getting the grapefruit. I'm getting a little bit of the lime. I'm getting a little bit of the tequila flavor. I am getting a lot of the aftertaste from the sugar substitute. They use uh, stevia in here uh, as a sugar substitute, um, and I'm not a huge fan of stevia. I know you are not a fan of the sugar substitute. Um, it's okay. Like, I mean, hopefully it's okay. I have uh, 95 more cans of that to drink. Um, so hopefully we will, uh, we'll, I'll save some for the next time you're done. I was going to say, why don't you um, throw a, uh, a house party, um, right. put the uh, refrigerator, the small mini fridge out in the, uh, out on the deck, stock it, with the 95 remaining cans of the um, this organic um, beverage that you organic uh, super grain alcohol, Brian, super grain. Do I dare ask it? I don't even know if I if I want the the answer. But but how much did you did did you actually spend on these? Um, we're uh, and I know I know you're going to say it's for a good cause, Brian. <laughs> I know I know that right off the bat you're going to try to justify it. I know I would that. Say, uh, but, between the cooler, which again, it's a big cooler that you can actually put liquid into or put ice and things. We, we, we dropped, I think. Wait a second. Yes. Aren't all coolers things you can put ice into? Well, no, it has a, uh, it ha it's basically, it looks like almost like a, like a Gatorade type dispenser, only a little bit more solid where you can fill it with liquid. It's got a little, little tap at the bottom. So you can do it that way. Or you oh. can put ice. Um, and beverages in it. You can go both. Okay. Ways. Um, like you can yeah, go both ways. Like, um, both ways. Um, like, uh, like David Bowie in the seventies. Exactly. So I think we dropped, uh, I think we dropped three fifty on that item. So now the cooler retails at $200. So we, we essentially paid $150 for 96 cans of crook and marker. And you also spent $200 on a cooler. Well, no, it was three fifty for the cooler and the I know, and you're justifying the price for the drinks by acknowledging that the price for the cooler is two hundred, but that's admitting that you spent two hundred dollars on a cooler. Right. It wasn't a great. It wasn't a great deal, but it was for the children' cause. It was and for a great cause. Now, do you want to talk about Alex's lemonade stand? Um, we can. What would you like to talk about? Um. Uh, what, you know, what, what is the uh, purpose? Who are they helping? I, I mean, know they, you say it's for the kids, right, but they, I know that this is a charity that you've worked with yeah. uh, in the past. They, Alex was a, uh, a young girl that uh, had childhood cancer. 
uh, passed away, uh, I think, when she was five or six years old, who organized uh, lemonade stands to raise funds uh, because childhood cancer is actually one of the least funded uh, research-wise in this country. So Alex's lemonade stand uh, attempts to raise money to uh, help uh, research for families with, uh, you know, for childhood cancer. They help families with travel expenses when they have to travel for treatments and things like that. Uh, so it's just an overall, uh, overall around good, uh, good group of folks. Uh, and still so three fifty for ninety six cans of uh, of a beverage that you don't really like. I think you should throw a house party. I think you should give away as many of those cans as possible. All right. um, it's what Alex would have wanted you to do. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll look into that. In the meantime, time for Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Um, poorly behaved children in public. Mm. Go on. Um, I was on the train earlier today. Um, sitting behind me was a man and a young boy. Okay. Um, it was debatable whether this was the a father-son combo, whether this was a uncle-nephew combo or whether this was a priest in civilian clothes with a boy he is going to be molesting in a few hours situation. Like it was very hard to, to kind of get a, a read on it. Um, however, uh, the kid was um, just uncontrollable, yeah. um, making loud noises, was dropping shit, was... Um, uh, was, was, was speaking loud enough that everybody on the car could hear it. And at no point was this male adult um, uh, figure, I, I don't want to call him the father. Right. Because um, at one sure. point, he, at one point he did say to the little boy that he was going to have to check him for monkeypox later tonight. Um, so I don't, uh, hmm. um, but the kid was just so loud and at no point did this guy say to the kid, hey, can you, you lower your voice? Hey, stop kicking the, uh, uh, the chair in front of you. Um, and uh, it was just really fucking annoying. And uh, it's, uh, that was my beef of the week. Okay. I've had better ones. Right. You know, um, valid. This is a valid beef. It's just if, you've, if, if you are in charge of a child and you are in public, then you should make sure that that kid's behaving. Yes, I agree. That is your responsibility as the father. There you go. I agree with you, my friend. Good. Ron? Yeah. What's bothering you? So, and I'm trying to think of the, the appropriate way to, to, to put this. I guess my beef this week is when friends or people you think are friends um, recommend or make you watch like a new movie that's been released that you have a pretty good idea is going to be horrible. Uh, but then for reasons of, I don't know, let's say uh, offhand a podcast, this person is saying watch XYZ movie before the next episode. Um, sure. And, and um, you watch it and it's, it's just two hours of your life that you'll never get back again. And it makes you question 
um, your relationship with this friend. It makes you question uh, your future with this friend. Uh, it was just, you know, it just, it, it really, uh, you know, it really brings a lot of questions into your life that you need. Now, um, did this friend say to you that they, this was a highly recommended show? Did this friend say that they really loved it and were was saying um, that uh, you should, uh, that you would also like it? Was this friend, you, you, know, know, you mentioned, I- you mentioned that your friend um, had something to do with the podcast. So would it be possible that your friend was, was recommending it in the sense of that it would make for good um, uh, material to discuss during the podcast, maybe, maybe it was, maybe it might be entertaining to watch um, two um, heterosexual cis white males review um, Fire Island, for instance. And I'm like, I, I'm just right, throwing right, it out there. I have just an example. I'm, um, you know, I'm like, still, here's the thing, Brian. I'm not exactly sure of the reasoning behind it because it has really made me question everything I thought that I knew to be true in my life. That is how, okay. how bad this particular experience was. That sounds that is like, that's not like, you know, my beef was just an annoying child. I mean, yours is, you know, something where it sounds like the, the, the foundation of a relationship has now been um, uh, uh, affected and damaged because of something that, um, uh, that a friend did to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear and I hope I hope that you can um, summon the courage to confront this friend in the next forty-two minutes and ten seconds before this episode is over. We shall see. We shall see. Again, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to be moving forward, uh, but yeah, I, I thank you for your support. Uh, in the meantime, out of curiosity, did yes. you watch this with the wife, or did you just watch it by yourself? Watched it with my wife. Yes. Ooh, even better. I love it. Yes. All right. Good, good, so, uh, good, 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 as good. we mentioned at the top of the show, Brian, uh, today is Juneteenth. Uh, and as such, uh, we're going to bring back, as we have in the past, we're bringing back this week in racism um, for two fairly horrible racist stories, uh, but also racist stories where there has been some level of justice. Uh, so let's get into This Week in Racism. This week. Racism. 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 I don't even have the This Week in Racism banner anymore. That's how 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 much in the in the history that it's been. It's because we had defeated racism. Right. Exactly. We defeated racism. So again, two stories. Let's get into the first one. Uh, this is in uh, Newburgh, New York, uh, where a Hudson Valley man has been accused of a hate crime after going on a racist tirade during an apparent road rage incident that was caught on tape. Uh, William Ryan falsely claimed he was an off-duty trooper as he verbally abused Robert McLemore and his son, uh, who are both black, and gave them the middle finger. Let's pull that up here. I'm an off-duty trooper, you fucking stupid nigga. Oh, that's how that's how troopers You'll never act. Be white. You'll never be white. That's how troopers that's act. Fuck you. That's how troopers act. Law enforcement don't act like that. Well, some law enforcement. Actually, yeah, anyway. I, I think it's been well established that some law enforcement people do. Anyway, uh, and who's Mac- who? Do, What's that? 
Who's this guy? Uh, that gentleman's name is William Ryan, yelling at uh, Robert McLemore and his son. Uh, McLemore, who actually is a police officer, uh, recorded the 60-year-old Ryan uh, and then posted his video on Instagram. Uh, we have uh, a screenshot of uh, William Ryan here. Uh, obviously, um, a mugshot, of course, because thankfully, uh, he was arrested on Tuesday and charged with second-degree menacing as a hate crime, which is a felony. Uh, Newberg police said he's also accused of menacing the victim with a knife. We just, that wasn't part of the video? That wasn't part of that video. Apparently, there was a video that was not posted, but has been shared with the police uh, that uh, showed that the, the gentleman also threatened uh, the father and son with a knife. Um, we are next Good. going Let's, down. Uh, I'm, to, I'm glad he got arrested. Yes. We're next going down to Sanford, Florida. Uh, Sanford, of course, the location uh, where Travion Martin was uh, shot and killed, uh, I think going on about 10 years ago. Um, this is another incident. This is Donald Corsi, age 52, and Howard Hughes, age 62, both white men confronting 16-year-old Jermaine Jones in the street as he drove his white Mercedes through their neighborhood. Uh, during the confrontation, one of the men allegedly threw a stone at Jermaine's back window, shattering it. Uh, a traffic cone was also thrown at the car and left a big dent in the side. Right here, buddy. Right here. Tell him what you were doing. Burning out racing through my fucking neighborhood. Burning out racing through my fucking neighborhood. I told you not to. Get out of my face. I'm not in your Get face. face. Get out, out of my neighborhood, fuckwad. Who got a gun? Who got the gun? The guy who's got a permit to carry. You got a gun? You're the one that would get a right. gun. All right. All right. Get out of this neighborhood. All right. Get out of this neighborhood. You don't belong here. But y'all want to smash the fucking window? Smash the window? Yeah, he did, didn't he? You smashed the window, huh? All right. Well, let's pull up their mug shots because, again, uh, obviously, thankfully, they were both arrested. Um, Donald Corsi on the left there, Howard Hughes on the right. Uh, Corsi was charged with uh, weapon offenses, um, accusing of him sending a, quote, missile into a vehicle because he threw the rock. Um, and then with that is a second degree felony. Um, they were both charged with criminal mischief, uh, accused of causing more than $1,000 in damages to the property. And uh, that's a third degree felony. And then Hughes was additionally charged with first degree misdemeanor battery. Um, ironically, Hughes worked for a black owned business called Gilchrist Enterprises, which owns McDonald's franchises in the Orlando area, or used to work for, because McDonald's confirmed that Howard Hughes is no longer employed uh, by that franchisee. Uh, quote, we are deeply disturbed and disappointed by what we've seen in this video, operator James Gilchrist wrote. This behavior goes against our values and is not tolerated. I can confirm this individual is no longer employed by my organization. Uh, Corsi, on the left here, runs a business called Southern Acoustical LLC in Springfield, Florida, with his two sons, which now enjoys a 1.2-star rating on Google Reviews. If convicted of the second-degree felony weapons offense, Corsi could face up to 15 years in prison. On the third-degree felony charge, Hughes and Corsi could face up to five years in Florida State Prison, uh, which with Hughes facing a potential additional year for the misdemeanor. Wow. 
Uh, unfortunately, because this is Florida, we know neither of these guys are going to do any time. Yeah, odds are. Odds are they'll probably uh, get probation or something like that. Sure, if, sure. If they even get prosecuted. Hard to say. Florida is just a terrible state. Uh, they are. It, you know, one thing that you have to continue to say is that Florida continues to be uh, horrible. Yeah, I mean, really we do is. have. Do we want to? Do we want to get the one Florida story we have out of the way since we were just talking about Florida? Let's do it. Let's 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 talk Florida, which which literally has um, uh, gone from being like the you know the uh, uh, the backwards cousin of America to um, I don't even know how to describe it. Now it's just the cesspool of America. Yes. So a, a Florida woman uh, accidentally shot and killed her minor stepson uh, yesterday. Uh, Pembroke Pines police said the unidentified women, a woman was handling a firearm when it suddenly discharged. Uh, a bullet struck her stepson who was rushed to a local hospital where he died. Jesus. Yes. I mean, how, I mean, how do you explain that story to the cops? Yes. Local news reported that the boy's father could be heard screaming after the tragic incident uh, with one neighbor telling news that he heard the man yelling that, quote, she killed his son. Ooh. Don't feel like that marriage is going to uh, going to hold up. Now, the question is, um, did she do it intentionally was she, um, you know, uh, what really happened in, in that house? We'll never know. No. I mean, police are saying uh, it was just a case of mishandling a firearm, uh, but we shall see. Also why, uh, you know, they tell you you're more likely, if you have a gun in your home, uh, you are more likely to be killed by that gun than you are to uh, kill someone else. Sure, of course. Um, um, I, I wouldn't trust myself with, uh, um, you know, handling a handgun in, in my own home. Yeah. I, I, I mean, unless there was unless there was some kid driving his Mercedes down my street. I mean, then I would immediately grab my gun and just run into the street to go harass him. Well, you have to have because that's priority. that seems to be just natural, uh, normal uh, uh, American behavior. Yes, uh, without a doubt. Um, so speaking of shootings, we, we've talked about the Uvalde uh, school shooting over the past couple of weeks. And uh, one of the discussions that was had is whether uh, the families of the uh, children that were killed, could they potentially have any type of lawsuit that they could bring against the Uvalde Police Department for their inaction that day? Um, and as it turns out, Brian, and I did not even realize this, is that the, um, the Supreme Court apparently decided back in 2005 uh, that people are not able to sue the police when the police do not do their jobs. What? So there was a case, it's called Castle Rock, which is in Colorado, uh, versus Gonzalez. Would you like to hear this story, Brian? Because Please. I haven't been agitated yet today. I feel this Please. So this uh, involves a woman, Jessica Gonzalez. She had an order of protection against her ex-husband, a man with a history of violence against her and who had threatened to kill her and her three children. Uh, that order of protection included her and the three kids. Uh, the ex-husband proceeds to then kidnap the three children from outside her home. So she called the police. Two officers from the Castle Rock Police Department come over. Uh, Jessica shows them a copy of the temporary restraining order and requests that it be enforced and her children return to her. And the officer stated that there was nothing they could do and suggested that she call back if the children weren't returned by 10 p.m. So approximately 10, 10 p.m., she called the police and said her children were still missing. But then the police say, well, 
wait till midnight. So she waits until midnight. She calls at midnight. She tells the dispatcher that her children was, were still missing. <clears throat> she went to her ex-husband's apartment, um, finding no one there. She calls the police at 12, 10 a.m. and was told to wait for an officer to arrive. When no officers arrived, she went to the police station and filled out an incident report at 12.50 a.m. The officer who took the report made no effort to enforce the restraining order or find the children. Instead, he went to dinner. At approximately 3.20 a.m., her ex-husband arrives at the police station and opens fire with a semi-automatic handgun that he had purchased earlier that evening. Uh, police shot back, killing him. Uh, inside the cab of his truck, they found the bodies of all three daughters whom he had already murdered. So, Jessica Gonzalez sued the cops, arguing that the order of protection she had obtained carried a statutory requirement that a violation result in an automatic arrest. And she was actually right in this instance. Colorado law requires an arrest for a violation of a domestic violence restraining order. However, the Supreme Court, in a 7-2 majority opinion with Antonin Scalia, one of our favorite people roasting in hell right now, Fuck uh, him. writing the opinion, saying that the plain language of the statute was irrelevant in the light of, quote, a longstanding police tradition of using their judgment to enforce laws. Scalia then said that this was because if you could sue the cops for not following laws or legal duties, it would create a scheme where victims of crimes are paid money by the state, which he said was against the intent of the 14th Amendment. Uh, in a uh, in a, a green opinion, Justice Souter said that there is no substantive right to not be harmed by the police because all police actions apparently are only procedural in nature. So this is the origin of the, quote, no duty to protect you doctrine. Police, according to the Supreme Court, have complete and unfettered discretion to decide whether or not to follow laws requiring them to act, even when those laws are mandatory on their face. My brain hurts right now. <laughs> My brain hurts. It's, it's, it is the one profession in this country that you, um, you are accepting an, a, a responsibility on day one. And if you don't live up to that responsibility or go against the spirit of what you're supposed to be doing, um, there are almost no consequences uh, to your actions. Yes. I say she sues him anyway. Well, but the Supreme Court, it's so she sued and it went. No, I mean, I, I assume these Uvalde uh, parents. I, I, oh, I, I, I mean, they could they can always uh, anyway. file a lawsuit and see what happens. See if, if somehow, um, you know, again, it's it's tough because the Supreme Court has already kind of ruled on this. Well, I thought in, in um, earlier this week, I, I read uh, that the uh, Uvalde Police Department was originally um, announced they would not be. Um, working with uh, the investigation um, and we're fighting the uh, release of audio tapes. Oh, oh, the uh, body camera, because oh, they sure. felt they felt that the um, release of that video would be damaging to the uh, families. Um, it would be emotionally traumatizing to the families um, for them to see the, uh, the video footage of uh, real time of what was going on in the school. As they stood outside for 45 minutes. Yeah. Well, this guy went, ran around shooting little children. I'm sure that's the reason. 
All right. Also this week, Brian, uh, it was so it was depressing. So that depressing. is so depressing. Very depressing. Um, also this week, um, you know, we are we are fans of the pro wrestling. Um, my friend Brian Two Count over here, legendary in uh, in wrestling circles. Uh, this week, uh, we found out that the board of the World Wrestling Entertainment is investigating a secret $3 million settlement that uh, company CEO Vince McMahon allegedly made uh, to a former employee uh, over an alleged affair. So uh, the separation agreement, which was signed just this past January, is meant to prevent the now former employee from discussing her relationship with, uh, with McMahon or making disparaging comments about him. Um, an email sent to WWE board members uh, March 30th indicates that the 76-year-old McMahon hired the former staffer, 41, uh, on a $100,000 salary and then gave her a raise to $200,000 after the start of the alleged sexual relationship with her. He doubled her salary? Apparently, yes. Yeah, nobody's salary gets doubled. Um, and then apparently uh, later on, he uh, he reassigned her to John Laurinaitis, who is WWE's head of talent relations. Uh, but in the email to the board, it said that it was alleged that he gave the woman to Laurinaitis, quote, like a toy. So oh, meaning this other guy also was having an affair with her? Uh, apparently. Uh, they, hasn't, they haven't gone into it, but there is going to be uh, an investigation. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Vince McMahon announced that um, he is going to be stepping back from his role as CEO. Uh, they have uh, instituted his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, as interim CEO in the meantime. Now, is it possible that this all is just part of a larger story that they're working and that this isn't like real? Um, probably not. If they got the board involved, because, the you know, everyone's kind of said that. Is this a work? You know, because it right. is for wrestling and their storylines. But the fact that... Um, the fact that the WWE is now a publicly traded company and the fact that the release of this information, you know, had a real negative impact on their stock price. I mean, if it's not true, if it is just a work, um, then, it, you know, obviously that's considered fraud. Right. Exactly. So Got I it. feel like this is, you know, a, a case of, you know, it is a, it's 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 an actual incident that they will be investigating and we will be uh, we will be following that. Um, and then ironically enough, though, this at uh, the same week, this story comes out two former WWE employees uh, die. Um, both referees, uh, one being former uh, WWF referee Dave Hebner. Um, who we have a picture here. Um, he obviously was more a fan of the three count, not a fan of uh, the two count. Uh, or, or hold on a second. He could be demonstrating how he would uh, keep two, how he kept his two um, girlfriends uh, uh, pleased. Possibly, possibly. Uh, but I mean, it, it could be, I mean, that could be, you know, it could say, Hey Dave, how do you keep those two girlfriends happy? And he and he and he's he's showing you right in that moment. <laughs> he very well could be. Uh, so Dave Hebner was seventy three uh, in recent years. He suffered from a variety of ailments, including dementia and Parkinson's disease. Um, he was part of uh, last decade's ultimately dismissed class action lawsuit uh, that was brought against WWE over CTE and other neurological issues. Uh, his twin brother Earl 
also a referee involved in the infamous uh, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant screw job um, after the big WrestleMania match. What was the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant's um, screw job? So when the when the referee gave a quick count on the Saturday night's main event and gave the title to Andre the Giant, and it turns out it was, you know, it was Earl Hebner that made the count and not Dave Hebner. There was an evil, an evil Hebner brother was the uh, the storyline. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds stupid. Well, listen, it was uh, it was pro wrestling uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, also passing away uh, this week, uh, former WWE referee uh, Tim White uh, passing away at the age of 68. I don't think we have a, uh, a cause of death there either. Uh, but he spent- Can we just assume it was COVID? This guy, <laughs> this guy looks like an anti-vaxxer. If you uh, if you would uh, like to announce that, you can. Um, White spent more than 20 years with WWE, um, began as a part-time referee in 1985, and then became a full-time referee um, in 93, worked the famous 1998 Hell in a Cell match between Mankind and The Undertaker. Um, just a lot, of, uh, a lot of positive tweets coming out from wrestlers and managers today talking about him. Uh, but again, I, we he doesn't look familiar whatsoever. We can't look past what we are now referring to as the McMahon death count. It's not a coincidence that the same week that this mind-blowing news comes out, um, the potential fall of Vince McMahon Jr. It is. It cannot be a coincidence that bodies are dropping. Um, as um, you know, as there is, uh, you know, this um, uh, embarrassing news of, um, you know, of what's going on in his life, you know, now, now we're not in a position where we are um, saying that Vince McMahon had these people killed. No, I mean, no, 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 no. definitely but not. We're also saying that the possibility exists that he has torn a page out of the Hillary Clinton playbook. And is yes. having uh, people, and again, who knows what Dave Hebner knew? Who knows what Tim White knew as employees of the WWE? Um, again, we're just we're just throwing it out there. We're not saying we have any information, yay or nay. Uh, but it's just interesting. It's just very interesting timing how these two deaths uh, happen this particular week. And ultimately, um, you know, when uh, w- when we really think about it, um, you know, there there is a very high death um, uh, rate within the wrestling community. Um, you know, is it possible that that Vince has been having wrestlers killed um, for decades now? Um, we don't know. Who knows how deep the rabbit hole really goes, Brian? Well, I think this is the week that it's that we start discussing it. All right. Well, maybe next week. We've already discussed it enough this week. Well, maybe next week we'll we'll have more bodies. There you go. Uh, but more importantly, Brian, what are you watching? Okay. Um, I feel like this is going to get a little contentious. Okay. I feel like this is going to get a little um, awkward. Possibly. I believe that... Um, uh, emotions are going to be shared. I watched um, 
a uh, a, a movie that came out on Hulu recently Hulu. called Hulu. Hulu. Anyway, Hulu? continue. Called um, Fire Island. Um, uh, a, a modern day, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, it was, it's, I felt that um, I saw a preview for it. I was watching something. Oh, that's what it was. I was watching Under the Banner of Heaven and Hulu insists on showing me advertisements mm-hmm. um, during the shows that I watch because I refuse to plea, um, to get the, um, uh, I, I uh, pay extra for the ad free version of of hulu so i watched it with the with the ads and i noticed that they were showing ads for 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 a movie that was on hulu called fire island and um it just it captured my my hopes of um of what we could uh you know expect from that show so therefore i sat there and said to you ron Mm -hmm. hey why don't we both watch fire island and talk about it on the show. And I did. Uh, I, I watched, uh, the wife and I watched Fire Island last night. Now, if a lot of people are asking, what is Fire Island? I would just say that um, it's uh, Fire Island, the movie. I mean, it follows a group of, of gay men spending a week at the queer hotspot off the coast of Long Island, New York. Um, Fire Island. Um, you know, it is uh, it, it's giving uh, uh, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice a modern gay update. You know, the, it's a romantic comedy that still manages to remain remarkably faithful to its source material. OK. And what did you think of it, Brian? Um, I thought that it was quite possibly one of the worst things I have watched in a very long time. Um, I found it neither a comedy nor romantic. I found it neither um, uh, 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 gay positive or um, uh, uh, honorable of, of Jane Austen's work. I will say this, and we are, you know, we are all about representation here uh, at the Ron and Brian podcast. Sure. So, you know, uh, one thing I will say is I was very glad to see that both the LGBTQ plus community and the Asian American community, because both were represented in this film. Uh, yes. I it's good to see that they can have extremely disappointing movies for themselves as well. This was yes. hands down the worst movie that I've seen this year. And I would yes. put it up amongst um, the worst movies that I've ever seen. Okay. Walk me through this because because this is the part that I enjoy. This is the meat of of the show. Um, what uh, Now, so you said, so, so walk me through the conversation you're having with the wife where you say to her, oh, by the way, um, we, we have to watch Fire Island on Hulu because Brian um, wants to talk about it on the show. So, yeah, so... That's what I tell her. And she, she kind of like. Is she amenable? Is she sitting there saying like, yes? All right. And so then, and then she pulls up, uh, she pulls up a, uh, like a, I don't, she didn't watch a preview, but she pulled up like a description of it. And sure. she was like, she's like, wow, she's like, this, this seems right up my alley. Cause again, it's a romantic comedy. You know, I, I think she's, you know, it's again, any kind of romantic comedy she's going to like. And, 
Uh, we start watching it. It's not a long movie. It's like, it's what, an hour and a half and change and whatnot? It's like an hour 40. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're just, and, and again, I mean, we're, we're watching. There are occasional, um, there are occasional laughs, very occasional. Um, and probably at, we didn't realize how far into the movie we are, but at one point we needed to pause the movie to, you know, let the dog out and whatnot. And when we paused the movie, <clears throat> we saw that there was like 33 minutes left. And we were like, how is it humanly possible that there is still 33 minutes left in this movie? Because we feel like we have suffered enough at this point. And it looked promising. You had, I mean, Margaret Cho is in the movie. Uh, I didn't even recognize. I didn't even great. recognize Margaret Cho until the until the um, until the end. I I knew I knew the uh, the actress. I just didn't recognize her. She has lost a lot of weight. Um, but it was it was a solid lineup. And and again, they hit you with the best scenes of the movie in the preview. So you just figured like this would be, you know. And again, even the scenes in the preview weren't that great. What when you say the best scenes were in the preview, what were the best scenes? Because I do not recall any scene well, in there. The, the only jokes that you laughed at were the ones that they put in the preview. Like the three or four laughable jokes. But what were the laughable jokes? I I did not laugh once. I don't even think I smiled once during this. But um I I remember at one point thinking, I can't be friends with Brian anymore. Because he is making me watch this movie. I was like, episode 211 might need to be the final episode of the podcast. Because if he ever recommends a movie this bad again, I don't know where we go from here. You get one one bad movie, and this is the one. This is the hill that you've decided to die on. One per relationship, one per year. Like it's like like you can't you can't just say one in it forever. One this bad, yes. Now keep in mind, I suggested that we watch it before I had watched it. Like yeah. I didn't say I didn't watch it and see how fair. bad it was, and then say to you, "Oh, by the way, Ron, you should watch this movie." Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do that. Oh, this was far worse. The Irishman far actually worse than the Irishman. I would watch the Irishman every night for a week straight before I would watch five minutes of Fire Island again. I would I would not eat I would um I would allow the tip of my pinky to be chopped off yakuza <laughs> style um prior to watching Fire Island again. Uh, my great issue that I have with this is that it is in my opinion so damaging to the gay community in terms of um uh stereotyping. Um it literally I mean it was just it was in my opinion it was just it's it's a poorly written show uh, movie. Um, uh, every uh, you know each it seemed like it, it tells the story of a group of guys who meet every year for one week when they go to Fire Island, and within that group they hit literally every gay stereotype. It was almost like it was written by a heterosexual white male. Right. Um, uh, it, it hit every gay stereotype. Um, uh, the number of times that they made references, they called each other girl or girlfriend. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not gay, but I just can't believe that that that, that gay men are calling each other girlfriend. Like maybe drag. Like I could see it at a drag queen show, whatnot. Um, 
uh, uh, mental note, uh, be, uh, Matt, uh, please l- uh, remind me to write an apology to the drag queen community for next week's episode. And listen, um, I, you know, I, obviously, I'm, you know, we're not part of the gay community, so I'm not going to speak to not anymore. Not, any, I mean, not, I mean, I'm not, not going to speak as to whether this is damaging to the gay community or not. But it was just a very poorly written, unoriginal yes. story. Like within yes. the first, you know, the the setup takes ten minutes to really meet a lot of the characters and the premise. They, and they slap the shit up against the wall. Yeah. Done, you you already know how the movie's gonna end. Like you, now the other the next hour and a half is just filler and, and not yes. entertaining filler at that. The whole movie is filler. Um the fact that they had the nerve to try to um uh do a gay modern version of Pride and Prejudice. I mean, we're all familiar with that story. It does not have to be told again. Um, you know, we read it in 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 uh junior high school. Um some of us went to um upstate New York public schools, so therefore, you know, they weren't, you know, uh they weren't introduced to uh fine literature until high school. Um but uh but it, I mean it was just it, it there the 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 world gained zero by this movie being made um, artistically was not necessary, does not um, uh, uh, open any eyes. Um, it, it, um, it spends a bulk of its time uh, uh, basically um, swimming in gay uh, stereotypes. You know, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the rampant sex, the anonymous sex, um, the, uh, uh, the drug the, use, the, the, drug use, um, the uh, you know, uh, you know, the closeted gays, um, you know, the, the, the out gay, like it was just, you know, the, uh, the gays that wear um, high heel, like it was just, it was just literally, it was as if you and I sat in a room and decided we were going to, to, to and, and the thing is, it's the story supposedly is written by the main actor who is a gay, uh, um, a gay uh, uh, um, actor. So you would think that he would have cared more about the story than what what he put out right yeah it's like if you if you I mean, I, if you if you sat in a room and said what's a list of every gay trope you can come up with sure and let's wedge them into this movie any way possible whether it makes them all not, yes. whether it's yeah uh, this a uh, perfect uh, brian begging for this has got to stop i was i was begging for it i was like please lord let's play the eric clapton clip this right. is good very Fire Island, like it deserves. What else? Uh, what else were you watching this week? Anything you'd like to talk about? Um, no, I really did not watch very much. Um, uh, Fire Island was. I, I did dedicate an hour and forty minutes this week to watching Fire Island. All right. Um, let's see. What I, else have you been watching? I've been keeping up on Obi Wan Kenobi. Still good. Still oh, a very man. good episode this week. I made it through um, the first episode of Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. And um, found myself sitting on my phone, uh, um, scrolling through Instagram. I will say this: the I will say the first episode, probably the worst one of the season. Okay, lowest one. Okay, um, episode two, decent, really picks up and starts to go with episode three. And it and just to, this does start. This does take place between the third and the fourth story. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, keeping up uh, with Stranger Things. I think I just. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you were keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> um, but also started. There's a new series on uh, 
on Netflix called Web of Make Believe. It's about like all the the dark stories of uh, the internet. So the the first episode is an episode about swatting, how uh, people will will call SWAT teams to people's homes, and I will tell you the the specific story that they tell um, is one of the most depressing stories that you will ever hear. And I, and I ruin it because I mean, it's, just ruin it, ruin it. It basically, spoiler alert. All right. So basically, you know, it, they talk about how these swatting attacks have been going on. And the question always was, when is someone finally going to accidentally be killed by the police in one of these swatting attacks? And so eventually a guy, you know, not sure why the police and the SWAT team is outside of his house, goes out on his porch, um, he gets shot by a cop, you know, carrying an AR-15. The cops let him. And again, it will also aggravate you the fact that the police let this man bleed out on the floor of his living room for 15 to 20 minutes while they handcuffed and pulled the rest of his family out of the house. And that the police officer was not charged for his murder. Meanwhile, is involved in multiple shootings as an officer, has multiple use of force complaints against him, all that. But anyway, serve and protect. Guy dies. And his uh, his niece lived with him. And a few years after his death, his niece couldn't take the vision of seeing him lying, dying on the floor anymore. She kills herself. And then her boyfriend, not able to handle the fact that she kills herself, he kills himself as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do do they discuss why um who swatted him? Oh yeah, you you find the whole and it it was a it was a kid who was like addicted to calling in bomb threats and calling in he had he had done 2 years in in LA uh jail for for calling in bomb threats and things like that and then I think he eventually ended up uh getting 20 years for this. And then wow. this other case is still pending for the people that asked him. And what it was, it was it wasn't even the correct address. It was all about these two guys were playing Call of Duty. They had a dollar fifty bet on the Call of Duty game, and the one guy was a teammate of the other guy. Accidentally shot and killed him and caused him to lose the game. So he reaches out to this kid on the internet who's known to do these swanning things and gives him the wrong address, accidentally. Wow. So. Just a horrible story. And then the second episode was about the Seth Rich case. He was the DNC employee uh, that was killed in a robbery in D.C. And then, you know, all of the the right wing pundits just taken and ran with it, saying that it was, you know, he was killed because he helped with the uh, the leak of all those emails in 2016 to WikiLeaks from the DNC and all that. So it just if you really need to see how horrible humanity is, not that you should need to be convinced more. But it, right. I find no other reason to watch these episodes than to see um, how horrible people are in different ways. Do you feel good after watching this stuff or do you feel like you should just avoid it? Because I feel like I'm reaching that point and I don't know whether it's age or whatnot, where I'm starting to try to avoid things that are going to depress the shit out of me. Yeah. I, I felt, I did not feel good after the first episode. Yeah. I was like, like yeah. the second one, like it was, it was interesting because they talked to Seth Rich's parents and it was, it was good getting to hear their story because part of the issue in the whole Seth Rich case is that, you know, the, the story of the family kind of got left in the background with all these people that were using the story to amplify their own, their own appearance. Sure. And, and everything else so i think in a way it was good to kind of cut through the bullshit and hear the truth and hear the families um but yeah i, I agree with you there's there's certain stuff where it's like 
I don't know if I should be watching this or not. Like I know, I I know I like I know you recommended it, but there was the uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary right. series. There was like four episodes or whatever. I think I made it through fifteen episodes, fifteen minutes of the first episode, and I turned it off because yeah. I found it that it was just too depressing for me to watch. It was tough. It was um, tough. That I just didn't want to be exposed to that stuff, and I kind of feel like as I've gotten when I was younger. Meaning, you know, like 20s and 30s, I think I sought that stuff out. Oh, yeah. And it made me feel better. And now it's like, now you've matured, Brian. Yeah. Now I, now, now I see that stuff and I'm just like, you know what? Why? Sh- like, how am I benefiting by exposing myself to that kind of stuff? Yep. Yet, um, my TikTok algorithm still filled, <laughs> still filled with physical oddities. And I make sure I forward all of them to you. There you go. Um, also sending uh, happy Father's Day wishes out to uh, Republican Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker um, after uh, he acknowledged this past Thursday uh, that he has two more children uh, the public doesn't know about just one day after it was revealed that he has a secret 10-year-old son. Uh, Walker uh, confirmed to the Daily Beast that he has a total of four children, uh, three sons and a daughter. And his one son's a real piece of work. Uh, the one son that does all the uh, TikToks and and Instagram uh, lives about being just a uh, just a raging conservative. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's it, if there's anything that I, I I truly get a kick out of is watching the hypocrisy of people on the the and I don't want to say the far right, but the people on the right who. Um, who publicly lead a life where they are telling others um, what is proper and 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 and, and what is uh, the righteous way to live, and then turns around and you find out that they um, are not heeding their own advice. Right. I mean, I I I fucking love those kind of stories. If there's anything that we can do on this show um, uh, to just air um, uh, just the, the the awful behavior of people on the right who have um, successfully created a career of telling others what to do. Um, So Herschel Walker, I mean, despite the fact that he was my favorite running back um, at the University of Georgia, despite the fact that I watched him play when he was in the USFL for the New Jersey Generals. I believe so. I believe. Um, And then somehow decided he was going to go MAGA and be a huge Trump supporter. Um, uh, so despite all of his behavior and telling others what to do, he's got three kids out of wedlock. Now, apparently he said uh, it wasn't he wasn't keeping them secret. He just uh, didn't let voters know about them because he didn't want them to be subject to, you know, any potential harassment or things like that. But that they were his kids and he supported them and everything else. Although apparently uh, back in 2014, the uh, mother of uh, Walker's 10 year old son apparently had to take him to court uh, to get child support payments. Hmm. Interesting. And this goes, this even goes back. He's got an adult daughter who was born when he was playing at Georgia, when he was about 20 sure. years old. So, sure. you know, so she's got to be late thirties, almost 40 now. And then he's got a 10 year old son. He's got a 13 year old son. And then he's got his 22 year old son, Christian, who is the only one that he's really publicly acknowledged over the years. Fuck him. Mm. Cowboys fans love Herschel Walker because that trade uh, to when they traded him to the Minnesota Vikings, 
they took all those draft picks they got from the Vikings, and that's how they won all those Super Bowls in the 90s. I think that's what probably Herschel Walker is most famous for, is uh, getting world championships for teams that he wasn't on. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> because that is you just went deep football on me. I did. All right. I don't do deep football. Brian, we're pushing an hour here. Can't hard to believe an hour has already gone by. Just but what flown the- by. I think I do believe we do owe a celebrity obituary okay. to uh, somebody who was very important to the show, and that was Mr. Bookman on Seinfeld, better known as Philip Baker Hall. Um, do we have a photo of him we can put up? He's up. It's up around. Oh, look at that man. Any anybody who's watched Seinfeld um, consistently recognizes him as the um, library um, officer who showed up to collect uh, 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 late fees, right? Um, and took his job very seriously. Um, uh, also, um, starred in Boogie Nights. He did, um, yes. Uh, and 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 had many roles on TV. Um, you know, he was in. Uh, he had a big role in Say Anything. He appeared in a couple episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, as well as The West Wing, Rush Hour, Family Ties, Modern Family, Falcon Crest, Mash, Secret Honor. But this time's gotta stop. Sorry. I mean, one of those guys with that recognizable face. When you saw him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. But I think I and, think Bookman is probably his uh, his most well known for 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 people. Absolutely, and you know, I, I, you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that I think you know one of that I I feel like it it, it connects Seinfeld uh, uh, fans when you make references and whatnot. I mean, Bookman was a solid reference, and it also allowed Janelle to get on the board. Uh, for our uh, yes, uh, I, 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 and I meant to ask her how she picked that. Like that is one of those real out there, um, out there picks. But uh, she, uh, what was he ninety? She got ten points for that one. Well, I mean, according to Janelle, right there, you know, if you want to know why she picked him, because she understands that people who like to put butter in their ass, um, uh, there's a very high death rate because of, um. Uh, the high cholesterol. Oh yeah, without a doubt, it's not it's not good for your heart. Without question, you know. So uh, so if you are going to be putting butter up your uh, rectum, uh, expect an uh, expect an early death. I mean, get on some Lipitor at least. Bookman, see right there. Everybody recognizes Bookman. Everybody recognizes Bookman. Um, and not only that, Ron, but but Bookman is not the only thing that is recognizable. You know, what's also very recognizable, Ron. What manscape. What's that? Manscape, manscape, <laughs> Ron. Um, there's nothing worse than neglecting to to manscape during the summer months. The increased heat and humidity will play havoc with your crotch area, and you don't want to turn off any potential lady suitors with an unkempt pubic area. And when manscaping, Ron, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, sorry, I had to cut you off, Brian. I just literally received a cease and desist email. Uh, from Manscaped uh, regarding your live ad reads, um, which they say, quote, have never asked for. So I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that afterwards. Brian. We had we had an advertiser. We, we had Manscaped. We had a Manscaped read. I, I don't know that we did, Brian. 
I feel you might be the, the, the fever may have set back in. Uh, Brian, have you caught monkeypox? The monkeypox has gotten me. Have you caught any more of the July six committee hearings over the past week? Um, no, I've not watched any of it, but I have been following the, um, articles and stories about it. Yes. That's about the, I don't want to watch it. Like just because it's so much, it's so much, uh, just pomp and circumstance. I just want to hear the the snippets. Like, so when people say that, uh, Trump was apparently guided by a quote, uh, apparently inebriated Rudy Giuliani on election night. That's all I need to know. Doesn't shock me. Um, and then apparently uh, Donald Trump also calling Mike Pence a pussy for not illegally overturning the election. And also the F slur. Yes. Um, you- what I got a kick, what I got a kick out of was um, the fact that he pulled in this conservative lawyer Eastman who yes. put forth the, this uh, notion that Mike Pence could um, reject the electoral um, count and decide that um, Donald Trump was going to be president. And he put forth this theory and um, uh, and it was just widely rejected by other constitutional uh, um, theorists, constitutional knowledgeable scholars. That's what I'm go. thinking of, scholars. It was rejected by scholars left and right. Um, Trump was told on multiple occasions, and you saw people giving testimony talking about the dates and times where they were said that this this theory um, uh, that Eastman was putting forth was um, had absolutely no legal basis, um, uh, uh, you know, for it. Um, that as soon, um, even prior to January sixth, uh, or on January sixth, Eastman sends an email to somebody in the White House asking if he can get a pardon for um, his actions related to the um, uh, related to the uh, um, uh, uh, attempt uh, to uh, uh, throw out the electoral count. Like it is just the acknowledgement um, by everybody around him, except drunk uh, Rudy, um, that literally they were just grasping at any potential straws legal and not to uh, maintain power. It, it, it is amazing how many people have said their actions on January 6th were not illegal and also asked for presidential pardons. Of course. I mean, you, so. why would you need a, a presidential pardon if you've done nothing wrong? Exactly. Exactly. Um, what else do we have here? A group of Proud Boys uh, interrupted a drag queen story hour at a Bay Area library uh, last Saturday, and authorities are now investigating the incident as a potential hate crime. Uh, Panda Dolce uh, was leading the story hour at the San Lorenzo Library uh, and says that just as she was introduced, a group of men entered the library yelling anti-trans and anti-gay slurs. Um, video of the incident shows five men, one of whom wears a T-shirt with the image of an AR-15 and the text, kill your local pedophile. Uh, the video shows the men arguing with adults that the story hour is sexual and a threat to children. Um, what is the reason to be having a drag queen read books to children? Um, I mean, I, I guess uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't. And I, don't I, get I, me I, wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not singling out drag queens. I'm not singling out this whole, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, that the left is grooming children with pedophilia. Um, you know, I would feel the same way. Um, I would feel the exact same way uh, about um, 
a, a, a book hour at a library if it was done by somebody working for the NRA. You know, it just it it, it feels like there is this push um, by the right to accuse um, uh, um, uh, the left of grooming children. Um, that they are uh, uh, throwing sexuality on children, that they're throwing a trans agenda on children. But there's also absolutely no dialogue going on in this country about um, the uh, 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 the grooming of children with uh, uh, gun culture. Um, how many uh, Congress people uh, on the right use a, a family photo for Christmas of them and their whole family holding guns? I remember we we we, we posted a whole slew of them last year. Um, you know, uh, that's grooming. Um, uh, anytime you bring your child to church, in my opinion, that is also grooming. Um, you know, it's it, anytime an adult sits there and tries to um, uh, make a child uh, or, or, or youth in any way uh, more comfortable um, with uh, some type of uh, um, uh, theology or belief in something. I mean, in, inherently, you're grooming the child at that point. Um, maybe not. Well, with the church, I mean, you know, if, if we're going to talk about the Catholic Church, then there is absolutely some grooming going on for some kids to be taking it um, in an unfortunate way. Um, but uh, fuck the church, by the way. Um, but uh, it's just I, I, I don't understand um, what the fuck is going on in this country anymore. Well, this was, I mean, this was part of a uh, part of an event for Pride Month. I mean, you know, is is it necessarily grooming or is it is it teaching, you know, inclusion? Is it, you know, is it teaching children um, to, to help them understand something that they may not be getting explained to them at home? But don't you uh, valid? Um, and I absolutely think that it's OK for a member of the LGBTQ plus community to be giving a talk to children, do I think that that we should be starting off at the drag queen level? Well, I'm not. How do we like, know why? So what you're saying is it started off with just like you know, like a a, a, a gay couple who just you know came in to read a book. I, you know, I, I don't um, know the background, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't necessarily. I think you know, I think grooming for gun culture and grooming for religion, I think is is slightly different than, you know, showing children that, you know, drag queens are just like you and I. Like it's it's something that they're not possibly exposed to. And I think it's more important when you see things going on where, you know, the things like the don't say gay law and things about critical race theory being, you know, taken out of schools. I think, you know, the more opportunities kids have to, broaden their horizons and understand people that are part of their community, I think is, is valid. Okay. Just my, no, 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 no. It's a valid, it's a valid comment, valid, uh, 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 mindset. I, uh, I'm, uh, I know that I'm easily impressionable. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I will say that, 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 that's, that sounds like a, a, a an argument I could get behind. Is it possible that the movie Fire Island has tainted your opinion of the LGBTQ plus community overall. And that maybe you need to get some distance from you and that movie before you will become more accepting again. It was such a bad movie. Like, like, <laughs> like Fire Island on Hulu, if, if you can avoid it, avoid it at all costs. Not because it's a gay story, not because it's based on Jane Austen, but because it was just, it's so poorly done. Yeah. 
It's so poorly done. I mean, okay. the only thing that, that's the only thing that is more dangerous to the children of um, uh, of the world today than drag queens is clearly uh, Vince McMahon. There you go. Uh, a nice taint reference, by the way. Oh, taint. Uh, all right. Well, Brian, I think we have done another uh, fantastic show here. And we are getting ready for Ron and Brian After Dark, which will be taking place in about uh, nine, 18 minutes. Uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber at the bronze level or higher, you know that you can join us live at 930. Uh, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner to become a patron and join. The bronze level is just $10. You get a bunch of great swag. We have new stickers coming out. I just got a shipping notice. We should have them in hand by the end of this coming week. So we'll be able to get those out if you do join at the bronze level or higher. Uh, and if you join right now, we will get you the link to uh, join us for After Dark this evening, um, where we have some great uh, stories. We've got some usual OnlyFans stories. We've got uh, weird news. Um, we've got uh, just uh, we've got Charlie Sheen uh, back in the news again. That's where we take we take the stories that uh, are a little too hot, a little too spicy for the free show. We move them behind the paywall. We take them After Dark, Brian. Anything else before we uh, we cut out of here this week? Absolutely not. I love you. Um, uh, I, uh, uh, I love everybody that is watching right now. I thank you for, for, for setting aside whatever part of your day. If you're watching this live right now, um, on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, if you are, um, listening to the audio, uh, uh, version that gets put out, um, uh, through, uh, Apple podcasts or Google podcast, um, I just appreciate the fact that you are um, uh, letting um, letting Ron and I enter your ears, your um, your body, your brain, um, and and, uh, and also I will, I've said this uh, I, before. Um, try and do a good deed for 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 a stranger this week. All right, sounds good. Love you too, my friend. Thanks for everybody for joining us, uh, Patreon folks. We will see you in a few minutes. Everybody else, we will catch you next week. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again.